Hello and welcome to the Scene and Nerd Fall Movie Preview episode. The summer season is over, but the blockbusters are still coming, and we're going to talk about them all tonight. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. Oh, buddy, are you ready for the fall movie season? I am ready for the fall movie season. How are you, how you doing tonight, Sarah? I'm good, even though I'm stumbling through my notes, and I don't know why. Like, I know how to read. Well, I really yes, do. Uh, it's just it's just the excitement that you just can't wait to jump into all these trailers and discussions about the, the fall movie season, which hopefully will be uh, better than the than the summer movie season. Um, I, I guess the summer, summer was good. I mean, there were definitely some high points, but um, I think people voted with their pocketbooks, and it both to stay home, so hopefully the fall will be uh, a little different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It it wasn't the best summer movie season ever, but it it definitely had its moments, its peaks and its valleys. And now we're here in the fall, and after preparing the notes for tonight, I'm kind of curious about the how the fall is going to go, because it was hard to find those like Oscar contenders for me. But that's that's just personal. Um, we also have our favorite guest host joining us tonight, Patricia Miller. How are you doing tonight, Patricia? Uh, I'm your favorite? Well. <laughs> your favorite this oh. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will is on point tonight, guys. I may be slacking, but Will, Will's game is good right now. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, so tell us about The Good Place. The Good Place. Okay, so it's this TV show on Netflix that I've been watching, and I've watched the entire season twice now just because it's so good. And um, it's about a woman who dies and goes to The Good Place. It's not really heaven or hell, and it's really cheeky it's funny and all the characters all come together in different little ways and it's great i don't know if people want me to get into more detail than that because i don't want to give too much away so so you said that it's not heaven but it's not not hell is it the island from lost no it's a different (laughs) idea of heaven and hell where there's a good place and there's a bad place it's not all clouds and angels and things like that. It's just, it's a utopia of every and anything that you could ever want or, and the house that you live in there is like your perfect house that you would ever have. And you get your, um, you get your, a soulmate, your ideal soulmate. You get to spend forever in the afterlife with them. And there's lots of frozen yogurt places. Hmm. It seems well- great. Why is frozen yogurt the key to the good place? Um, because apparently everybody likes frozen yogurt in this show. <laughs> I like frozen yogurt. Yeah, I love frozen yogurt. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, see, I, I'm not a yogurt person, so I don't know if I'll ever be at the good place now because of lactose intolerance. So... Huh, well, seems pretty, um... Sure, <laughs> if you're to your good place, Sarah, it would have... Yes, we're big. 
what do they say? Yeah, sorbet, sorbet. or <laughs> no lactose. Almond milk. Yeah, almond yeah. milk, yogurt, stuff. Okay, so besides the yogurt, I've heard about this show, and I've always been skeptical of it because it's a 30-minute comedy on, I think, CBS. I could be mistaken about that. And to me, it seemed like everything was summed up in the pilot. So with giving too much away, what what am I not seeing that is very special about this show? What you're not seeing is that it's it's so hard to tell you without giving the entire thing away. Um, there how many are episodes, here, here, Patricia, let me rephrase it. Say, how many episodes do you have to watch for you to get what's really going on with The Good Place? Um, at least eight. How long is the first season? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Netflix is usually... Uh... It's 11 or 12 episodes. Oh. I think it's 12. Cool. And oh. so it's really hard to explain because there's a giant reveal. I think it's episode 9 when it's finally bigly revealed. This, The curtains are lifted, but... These four main characters all end up in the good place, and them working together causes one of them to realize something about the good place. And I got it, Will. It's Oz. It's Wizard of Oz. She said the curtain was list- lifted. Yes. yes. Oz. <laughs> so a retelling of Wizard of Oz, and if there are is no scarecrow, then I will be very disappointed. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, there is no scarecrow. Damn it! <laughs> no, it's, it's really cute. It's well done. All the jokes are funny. And it's like, if, if someone had died, and it's like, it, there's just cute little jokes that so, happen throughout the entire thing that just make you fall in love with all the characters. Um... So, so who's yeah. who's who's in in this that you know Kristen maybe? Kristen Bell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Bell, and then. Oh, oh wait a minute. Yeah. So this. Oh, I have heard of this. Now it's a show yep. with Ted Danson. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Okay. 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 I got you. I got. You. Yeah. Okay. Will's caught up now. Continue. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, whatever. When you first mentioned your hiatus update, I, I forgot that it, it it had just finished its first season on NBC. So I guess it was like a mid-season replacement. I don't know that, but I thought it was CBS. I always get them confused. Yeah. Well, I know it's like I know it's like I know it's like network. So. Yeah, definitely network. Yeah. Sorry, Patricia. I I don't have regular TV, so I don't know which TV channel it's on, but it's on Netflix. I thought it was a Netflix original. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. No. That's what threw (laughs) me. That's what threw me at first, but then once you, I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it, it's funny. I can't, I can't say anything bad about it for it taking eight episodes because there are, I think, thirty minutes long before the plot starts to pick up. Considering we both watched Ozark, and I am still on the fence about it, having not fully watched the sixth episode. But it sounds like you're back on the train, 
it the plot is moving forward again. Yes, it is. And I mean, are you, are you done with your highness update or? Yeah, I could say a little okay. bit more about the plot, but you guys just gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a go. Second season. Yeah. Um. As far as uh, yeah, as far as Ozark, I know we had discussed it uh, quite a bit uh, the last little while, and um, you know we were it's definitely on the fence, but I gave it, I, I stuck with it, and it really picks up. Again, our, our favorite, our, our episode six, yeah. it picks up, um, and uh, really the last uh, so episode seven was good. Episode. Eight was a flashback episode, mm-hmm. and it really, it, it really gives fuller context to how Marty and ended up in the situation. Uh, which you know, now watching it, they should have like actually had probably had should have had that episode earlier in in the series, right? Um, but it but it was good in the sense that it really pulled everything together and you get the full context of why Marty is in the business and um, don't want to spoil, spoil too much, but um, I mean, I mean, the basic premise is I think folks know that he's a financial advisor and uh, is engaged in money laundering. Um, But uh, it, it really fleshes that out. And, you know, I watched, I've only got a, a finished episode nine and about to, you know, watch the last episode. And, um, yeah, I, I'm glad I stuck with it. It's definitely there. Yeah. I mean, and, and all it's, it's just funny because I was thinking about this this week and how I'm kind of upset with Ozark for taking so long to get to the point And for me to just be like, yeah, uh, this, this story isn't working for me. And yet I have the leftover season one, which is way slower than Ozark is <laughs> way slower. Like that is like watching paint dry. Um, a lot of people love that series, but they truly love it because of season two, not because of season one. And it did take until episode nine for a payoff to occur. So I get the I get the idea that well whether it be Ozark or the Good Place it's kind of like it's always leading to somewhere. My issue is when the show doesn't have that linchpin character, and I know we talked about Ruth last week with Jackie, but even Ruth I wasn't fully on board with, and so I I like the idea that the flashback would give more context for Marty. But I've already written Marty off. I don't know if I even care at this point to be like, oh, I get to learn more about Marty. And yet I keep wanting him to be Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. <laughs> so the name Marty. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a very there's a very key scene between Marty and, and Wendy that um, uh, I mean, stuff just stuff really happens that you know. All the things that that, had, that set up the, episode, the earlier episodes and why they they moved to the Ozarks and things that happened in their lives, uh, they all come. A lot, many, some of those things come to a head. And um, again, it, I, as I said, I, I think it, it's it's a definite payoff mm-hmm. if you stick with it. Um, 
because I'm like, oh, now I'm back in now now I'm back into this thing. I want to I, I want to finish it out. So. Right. Right. Patricia, yeah. has Will sold you on watching Ozark? And I don't know. I keep seeing it advertised, and my mom is super into it. She told me I need to start watching it. So maybe I'll have to give it a try and see what it's like. Because I read the description, and the description didn't really sell me on it. But Well, it, anyone who says it's like they, the whole... Late, as I called it last week, the lazy comparing it to Breaking Bad or anything like that, it, it, that is, I mean, other than just having two white males who are going through midlife crises, that's about the only similarity between <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, he, he called it a lazy comparison because I made that comparison, Patricia. Yeah. No, 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 Sarah. I, I thought that way before you wrote your summary, so I, I'm not picking on you. Oh, but you are. But you are. I'm, uh, I am not picking on you. Uh, I am not picking on you. You guys, I don't know. I I'm just. How many more weeks until our wonderful shows are back on? Will, how many? We are at uh, three weeks. About about mm-hmm. a month now. Month out. About a month. Yeah, we're 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 inside of a month now. Yeah. I need Ooh. them back. Yeah, because today's the seventeenth. Yeah, because the yeah we need, I need them back too. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's it's very yeah. very bad. I mean. And, 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 and the more I see, like you know, more trailer, you know, more promos for for our shows. I mean, between the Flash, Mr. Robot, and everything, I'm like, all right. I wish I had a time machine just to like just get to October 10 and 11. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, when the when my hiatus update is related to something that I have not actually physically seen, then you know that the hiatus syndrome is really kicking in where it's just like, nope, it times up. We need our shows back. We need to get reacquainted with our favorite characters. Um, but more importantly, what I mean by I haven't seen it yet is I literally have not seen the movie it. And yet I'm obsessed with it. You guys, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> it is. I, I listen to a lot of commentaries and reaction videos and spoilers. So I have not seen this movie, and yet I can tell you certain scenes and when the jump scares are coming and some theories about why this script was written the way it was and why they didn't, why it's constantly being debated if this is actually a horror movie or not a horror movie. Which is surprising, considering that the trailers made it really sell on it being terrifying. And yet a lot of people come out of it and they're like, yeah, it wasn't that scary. Wasn't that scary. Yeah, yeah I know Jackie talked about it. She, I guess she saw it, um, she saw it and she, yeah, I think she would have said there were some definite, some disturbing elements to it. Yeah. Paraphrasing, paraphrasing but... Uh, I will tell you guys one thing. I'm not looking forward to Halloween this year just because I'm terrified of that kind of stuff. Like Chucky, no way. It, uh-uh. I'm good. You guys can keep all the crazy clown things, I think. Isn't it? Yeah. No. You know, you're not alone in that fear. I have already started to go through the process of being like, okay, how do I avoid trick-or-treaters this year? Because I know that there are going to be some freaking clowns. And they're probably going to be yes. spot on. It's going to be terrifying. But, yeah. I I mean, it's just, it's the part of being in this world, Patricia. 
There's always going to be creepy clowns. Yeah, send in the clowns. Do you guys actually know that it isn't really a clown? No. Very cool. No, I didn't. I mean, I just, I guess, no, I guess I've always just assumed that it was. Yeah. See, I did too. But then in my research, quote unquote, I've, I've figured out that the the whole Stephen King's whole concept was he wanted to integrate all of these these um, movie villains into one story. And so he created this creature called It. And yes, he's commonly viewed as a clown because one of the kids in the story is really afraid of clowns. But the, It is a shapeshifter. And so he takes on the appearances of like the mummy, the um, werewolf, all sorts of different creatures throughout the, the story. And so even though we often associate it with a clown figure, it's actually... It's not a clown. It's it's more of this this um this um creature. They they call it an alien, but I don't even know if that's true. I don't know. Well, that's just taken on. Yeah. What you're telling me is it's actually the creature that comes out of the closet in Harry Potter that morphs into everybody's worst fear. What is that creature called? I want That's to not say a Dementor. It's not a Dementor. It's something else, but I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I feel like a terrible Harry Potter fan right now. Well, you should be. Shame. Um, shame on you, Patricia. Shame, I can't shame, remember shame. it either. <laughs> I, 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 I remember the scene in the movie where you're talking about that, that particular creature, but I, just, I, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Okay, we all we, we've all lost key points tonight. All right. Okay, but but yes, it is definitely connected to Harry Potter lore. That is what we've established in this conversation. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can literally connect anything to Harry Potter. That is my claim to fame. <laughs> hey, everybody has their own connection circle thing yes. in the jig. Yes. It's crazy, but yeah. man, I can't believe how much movie this, how much money this movie has made. It, it pulled in 123 million on its opening weekend, and I think I saw a report earlier today saying it pulled in another 60 mil this weekend. That is insane for a rated R horror movie. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be you know the benefit of its. You know, it's kind of a doldrums now as far as like other films. So, you know, it, it maybe it's could be just be the beneficiary of just having a lot of. Uh, I mean, Stephen King one, two is just uh, you know it's that period between end of summer movies and start of fall films, and you know it's kind of got the word of mouth buzz that many movies haven't hasn't had lately yeah i or just a really good advertising campaign <laughs> that yeah, too that too because yeah. it, it's broken records not only for being rated r but it's also broken records for the month of september just in general so to your point about it just being a good time in the season it's a very good point except that if movies aren't being released during this month, we just won't go. And yet a good movie is. So viewers will go and pay their money. 
it's just if you, if you have yeah. a good product, it doesn't matter the time of year it gets released. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't release it, you know, like the weekend before Halloween. But it's a good strategic move because then, you know, they'll sell more merchandise if people want to dress up as it or a character, whatever, you know. Well, and to that point, I think that it was strategic because if you're releasing it the month before Halloween, and so people are already starting to prepare for that time of year, yet you're the only film of that genre in the marketplace. So you don't have competition. If people want to watch a good scary movie, they're going to go see it. If people people don't have like two or three movies to choose from, which in October, that's when you're going to start seeing the Texas Other Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre mm-hmm. origin film that they produced. Um, and they also have the Jigsaw movie coming too this fall. So I, I, I give them praise for moving it to September so that there's no competition genre wise. No, that's, yeah. I was saying that it was a smart move by them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patricia also agrees. Smart move. Two thumbs up. Smart move. Will hates it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we're we're all we're all in agreement on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it kicked off the fall movie season, and Kingsman is shortly coming. Have did either of you see the first Kingsman movie? I did not. I did when it first came out. I did. I haven't watched it in a long time though. Yeah, I watched it once, and I never went back to it because I'm not really a big fan. <laughs> I didn't like it. I'm one of the people who didn't like it. But, Patricia, did you just not return to it because you got caught up and you actually have a life, or did you just not like it like me? It was it was good, and it was okay, and I think for the time that it came out, there was a few other movies that were sort of similar in style and characterization and humor and action it it just sort of fell by the wayside for me because there was other movies that I liked better it's not that it was a bad film it's just that there was other movies at the time that I was more interested in if that makes sense mm-hmm. oh, yeah. perfect yeah. sense perfect sense cool. yeah and yeah it was Actually, when the first one came out, it really wasn't on my radar. So, um, it, you know, so when I saw the sequel, when I saw the trailer with, uh, earlier this year, and one of my, I was with a friend of mine, and he, he was like, oh, he was just raving about <laughs> the, the first Kingsman. And I was like, all right, bro, I, 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 I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, and I was so, talking to someone about this trailer, actually, or something about Kingsman came up in conversation and they didn't even know that the first one existed. I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. This one's the second one. And he was like, no, this is the first one that's just coming out. I'm really excited. It's like, you've missed something, buddy. <laughs> the well, first one's already been out. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think, I think that's really interesting is, is if, they can sell this movie to people who haven't even seen the first one. I mean, Will, having just watched this trailer, are do you want to see what the Golden Circle is all about, or would you rather go watch the first one and then the second one? Um, it. 
I was it didn't move me. I, I yeah, it, it's one of those one films where I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I'll just see it when it gets on, you know, HBO or I'll just watch it on Amazon or Netflix down the road. I mean, it 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 it, it just didn't yeah, it just didn't didn't move me one way or another, and it doesn't make me want to go back and watch the first one either. Okay. I- I think it looks like, from the trailer, you had a good point that it makes people want to go watch it regardless of there being a first film. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. good, but I feel like this film is going to be... I personally think that you probably are going to have to go back and watch the first one to understand some parts of this second one. And that's yeah. right. I think it's probably going to fail or get people confused at certain points. But they're going to be like, I don't understand. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Or, you know, whatever the situation might be. I think that's going to happen. So having watched the first movie and not really appreciating it like a lot of the other fans did and do um i'm not excited for the sequel and i'm really not excited for the sequel even after watching the trailer because i feel like the trailer shows us all of the sequel missteps this movie is making and by that i mean is it's just i feel like it's gonna have the sophomore slump and you're gonna see a lot of things that they normally do in sequels that were unplanned Um, because now all of a sudden they have all of these stars making these cameos, and I feel like it's just going to be a vignette after vignette rather than a cohesive storyline. And so I'm just, I'm fearful of that, and I probably won't check it out. But it is, it's also interesting to me because it was very successful, but it was, the original was released in February, so I don't know why the studio wouldn't just have released it in February again, and instead they're releasing it way late in the year. So I think the timing is interesting. That's just me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's just me. I I really enjoyed the trailer by like by itself. Like, I loved the music that they had in the background. Like, I want that song. Um, <laughs> and some of some of the action stuff looked really interesting. But some of the action stuff also looked like, okay, come on, guys. That's sort of, like, too much for... I felt like the Kingsman was right on the edge of who directed the, the overzealous ending. Zach Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg? Am I totally off on this? Uh, What? The ending to... Wonder Woman? uh, Zack Snyder? Snyder, there we go. Okay. You're making a comparison of Zack Snyder to Matthew Vaughn. Just... But continue. Anyway, I don't know names. Sorry. Um, It seems like it's almost borderline too much of action or, you know... Bang, pow, explosions, and this guy's going to do a flip off of that car. And like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I get, and I guess that's why I was like, it doesn't, didn't move me one way or another because I'm like, I've, I've seen this trope in so many other like action films and everything. So, uh, it, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, 
nothing new here. I understand people really enjoy the Kingsman, and that's their that's their prerogative, and go go right ahead. But it just again uh, it didn't make me want to go back and watch the first one. Um, and as far as this one, I was like, oh, okay, fine. You know, maybe I'll catch it if it's down the road, but I don't feel like I need, I'm going to go spend my on it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm going to save my money for um, the other September film that's coming out later this month, Battle of the Sexes. I don't know about you two, but I am so happy they made this movie. I've written a paper about the Battle of the Sexes because of how important of an event it is to our history. And so mm-hmm. I hope this movie does well, and I hope it's as good as that trailer makes it out to be. Because yeah. you have Steve Carell playing Bobby Riggs, and you have Emma Stone playing Billie Jean King in this tennis match that happened in the 70s and is so iconic. And I, it's great. I love it. And I love that they're diving into um, Billie Jean's Gene King's sexuality in it because on the surface level there's there's the obvious point about women versus men but then if they include that sexuality element it's also about female sexuality and how how important that is especially for a female athlete and so I hope it does well. And if it if it's good enough, this may be Emma Stone's second year nominated for an Academy Award and potentially win another one back to back. And that's rare. But Will, it, you you seem excited too about this. Yeah, I I am. And I, you know, not only how you know this is such a watershed event um, in in history as far as uh, the, you know, the Battle of the Sexes, and you know, I remember as a kid just hearing about this match as far as Bobby Riggs and the, and Billie Jean King and you know his antics on the yeah. court stuff. But it's also very contemporary too because I mean, just think about back in the summer when you had the whole blow up with John McEnroe mm-hmm. talking about uh, Serena Williams yep. uh, and her, you know, and, and how she was if she were in the men's tour. Uh, she would be like, what, 700th in the world or something like that. So, I mean, even now, it's still a very relevant uh, uh, conversation to be had, and especially, you know, when when you, you're still dealing, you know, it's obviously it's not a match, but the the, uh, the uh, issue of men and women in sports and equality and sexuality as far as equality it's still relevant up to this day, yeah. and and even in the sport of tennis. So, you know, I don't know if it was a serendipity or what for for this movie to come out just a few months <laughs> after you know uh, uh, John McEnroe making his comments. But uh, I, I think you'll you know, you you'll I'm sure uh, that will come up as as we get into uh, as it's released and. Uh, and it just looks like it's just a very well done film. I mean, they couldn't have picked a better person to play Bobby Riggs as far as having Steve Carroll. I mean, just physically, the the antics. Uh, it just, uh, I mean, they had you know the soundtrack with Elton John's 
music. I mean, everything about it is just makes you want to go see. Yeah. And and uh, I, you know, I definitely think it will. We will definitely see it come Oscar time. Nice, nice. Uh, Patricia, how aware about the, this tennis match have you been, and are you excited for this movie? Um, I'm sad to say that I've never heard about this tennis match uh, in our history until you guys have just been talking about it, or it said it was a true story mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the trailer. Right. Um, but I'm I'm excited for it. It's not really my type of movie. I don't think I'll go to theaters to watch it. If it happens to be on TV or on Netflix or something to rent, I might watch it. Right. Um, but yeah. it, it looks like a really good film. It looks like they cast it very well and you know the the scenes and the the setting and the clothing seem to match up very nicely and they did a really good job at aging yeah what i noticed with the trailer is that the style or the hue the background colors the Mm -hmm. actual camera lens filter seems to be of the same quality as what you would see on an older film, if that makes sense. Oh, that like that that grading, the the film grade. Yeah, I think that's what they call it. <laughs> Maybe, but it's it's almost like everything has this sort of yellowish hue, almost more so than some some other films. Yeah, uh, and that's very seventies. Well, it's also California. Like, yeah, there's something about that hue in California-based or set movies that I always find appealing mm-hmm. visually. Yeah, because it's soft or light. It's not harsh at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to give you that laid-back kind of, it's the sunshine state feeling. You know, I I honestly don't know if I'm going to go see it in theaters, partly because I live in Juneau, so I'm not sure when it's going to come out here. (laughs) 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 But I'm still very excited to see it, no matter how or when, because Patricia brings up a good point. I mean, in this day and age, you have a lot of blockbuster films that are much more appealing to watch on the big screen and knowing that the smaller movies will eventually be released on on demand or Netflix and and you'll be able to watch it but just smaller and they don't you don't need to see it on the big screen to enjoy just that like fundamental story at its core. So I, I see the point and there's no shame of saying like, Oh, I don't think I'm going to go see it, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's like this movie is it. it well, I saw it uh, for once. It reminded me of like hidden figures. And mm-hmm. I, I did want to see it actually on the big screen. Uh, it's one of, you know, because at, I mean, I guess I'm a sports fan. I, this is one of those things that I've always, you know, an event in sports history and just history in general that, you know, wanted to see it 
it's intriguing. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I would like to just see just in the communal sense with other people. Very, that's a good point. I mean, I, there are a lot of good movies that are historical context um, and sports-based that, for whatever reason, are much more cinematic than just a straightforward drama film. So yeah. that's that's fair. I the the movie Miracle always stands out to me in that context because for mm-hmm. whatever reason that movie just I I own it and I I still watch it every now and then and I love it even though it's yeah yeah I mean it, yeah I'm out the Miracle but this obviously I was, I mean I, it predates me but I mean it's just it's just something about certain certain events that. If it is chronicled in film, I mean, it's like the right stuff. It's just, you know, it's, you want to see it like in that grand scale as far as like on the big screen. So that's just, that's just not, not decent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, to just go into October, um, we're going to go into the total opposite of Battle of the Sexes, where yeah. it is a remake, it is set in the future. And it is sci-fi, fantasy, big picture, big spectacle, Blade Runner 2049, people. Have either of you seen the original Blade Runner? Because I haven't. Really? I have not. I know. Wow, I'm I'm surprised. I I feel shame when I admit it out loud. (laughs) I'm genuinely, genuinely surprised here. I I thought this would definitely be like, you would be all over, all over Blade Runner. No, no, uh, Sarah, don't be ashamed because I haven't seen the first one either, or the original. Okay. I mean, we're in this together. I was, I, okay, <laughs> uh, well, see, the, the the lone person who has seen Blade Runner, um, you should you should see it. It's um, definitely Harrison Ford's probably some of his best work. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, yeah, you should definitely go check it. Rucker Howard is also just like amazing in this as well. So was Harrison Ford in the first one? Like, was he the yes. first? Yeah. yeah, he was the lead. Yeah, he yeah he's Decker. Yeah. Okay. Decker. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I guess, and also as far as Blade Runner, probably watch the director's cut. Everybody says that. I find that so funny that whenever Blade Runner is brought up, it's always, well, it's too late now, so just watch the director's cut. This is Batman v Superman all over again, guys. And and no, (laughs) the director's cut did not make it better. It was the original. (laughs) It was the original. It was the original Batman v Superman. (laughs) Did not. Uh, Or like Apocalypse Now. It's like, just watch the director's cut. It's the same way. It's like, you know, if you're gonna watch Apocalypse Now, just watch the director's part two. Watch, watch the director's part two. Watch the original. Yeah. Actually, I like them both, but anyway, I digress. Well, but, you know, uh, it's also interesting because the only reason why I really want to see Blade Runner 2049 is because of its director, Denis Villeneuve, who I'm obsessed with. I've seen all of his movies, and they always make an impression on me. So. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I, I see the original. I, I may even just go into it blind, Will. I hate to disappoint you. No, that's fine. I, just... I mean, honestly, I, I'm tr- I'm on the fence about this one. Why? Danae Villeneuve. 
Well, I know you love the director, but I mean, it's just to me. I mean, I liked, I liked Blade Runner. Uh, it's not like one of my favorites. Where if it's on, then you just yeah, you know, count me out for a few hours. Um. So I'm really, and like I said, I mean, yes, it's probably Harrison Ford's some of his best work as an actor, but I just, I don't know, I'm just the whole replicant. I mean, it's a very intriguing story. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's. Are you having it? Having seen the movie, having seen the original, Will, are you afraid that it's going to answer the question that a lot of viewers have after watching the original film? About Harris, about Decker? About Decker being a replicant. Yes, yes, I'm concerned about that. That was where I was going, and that's part of the reason why I'm kind of on the fence. So do you think he is or is he not? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, I may have read something that pretty much confirmed that, but so the, the. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or I mean, so for Tr- Patricia, we saved you a couple hours. So. <laughs> You're welcome. I still and, want to and, see and to it, our listeners who haven't seen it, yeah, and to our listeners, we we've saved you a couple hours. So if you're on the fence, you know, blame us. But here's, you know, here's this. So, go ahead, Patricia. Here's a question for Will. Should I watch yeah. the first original one before I watch the new one? Yes. You need it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, actually, if you, if you do that, Patricia, then, and I just go in blind to it when we regroup and talk about it, if we have time this fall when all of our shows come back, um, it may be able we may have a really interesting comparison of like things that I might've missed having not seen the original um, and things you might've hated about this, this um, continuation of the franchise having seen the original. So that may be interesting for discussion, but Will, are you also unsure because Jared Leto is in this movie and. No, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, as I said, I, you know, I know maybe her- heresies, you know, science fiction fans say this, but I mean, I, you know, I mean, I like the original Blade Runner, but again, it's not like, you know, some people, it's just like, oh, it's just, but I, it's like, it's like so awesome, it's just got another, but I mean, remember, it was a, it, it, it only got that status over time. It's a cult film, cult classic. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It only got, yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's one of those cult films that, you know, some people like Butcher Rupon Science, some people don't. And it's, I guess, the same with, with uh, Blade Runner. I'm just following that camp that way. Yeah, I think believe it. Yeah, I, I mean, eh. it also has Ryan Gosling, guys. I can't pass up on Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> really, really con. <laughs> yeah, you got your, yeah, you got your, you got your Ryan. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, what and else then. Oh, the director's name. What else has the same director directed? Okay. Um, Arrival last year. Uh, Prisoners. Um, the Hugh Hugh Jackman, um, Jake Gyllenhaal police detective movie a few years back. Um, and then he also did Enemy, which is a, another cult classic film. If If you want a real... WTF moment 
film to watch, watch Enemy. It'll it'll screw up with your mind. I've I've never had that kind of response to a movie, and I don't think I'll ever have that same response to the movie ever again. But Enemy, it, it's it's uh, I still want Will to watch it. It's really really bad because <laughs> he's gonna be like, what the heck? What's that? <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, those are the three that come to mind when we talk to Naval Nuve. Um, and then he's also on, he's also set to direct the Dune remake, which is interesting. And I think maybe that hasn't officially been announced or confirmed with a date because they're seeing how well Blade Runner 2049 does, considering it's similar, similar context. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Watching, watching the trailer, I got a Star Wars and Mad Max, Mad Max mix up. Like that's the feeling I got. Great like, comparison. The type of genre yeah. it's gonna be, or the type of look it has. That's that's what I got from the trailer, at least. Yeah. Just wait. We actually will be hopefully alive in 2049. <laughs> you know <laughs> they're having like they did that a few decades ago with all of these movies with time and sending in the future and now we're coming into the decades where we are passing that time line it's crazy yep. it's crazy but it is so a few weeks after um blade runner drops we they're gonna release marshall on the screens which is about Thurgood Marshall, and I know Will's excited for this movie. No, he's yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, it's it's interesting that this film comes up, and it's you know, we hear Thurgood Marshall, everybody automatically assumes Brown v. Board of Education, but actually, uh, this film is chronicling a trial where he's when he's actually a young lawyer starting, you know, starting out his career. Um, representing a, a man accused of uh, sexual rape mm-hmm. in a Greenwich, Connecticut, um, and so it, to me that's even it's even more fascinating to you know whenever they when you have a, a historical figure and instead of focusing on the seminal event that made them the name that we all now know, uh, you know looking at something. Um, um, one of the other, you know, cases that, 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 you know, was famous at the time, but, you know, over the course of history, it's kind of become a footnote in some regard. So, in, in some, in some quarter. So I'm looking for, yeah, you know, obviously just, you know, beyond Sterling K. Brown and Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> <laughs> which I know Sarah's like ticket was punched as soon as she heard, she heard Sterling was there. Was that a, uh, uh, I'm just looking forward to it, just just from that from that con, yeah. Just just learn more about this story because I don't, I, I really actually did not know that much about that um, about this case in particular, uh, where Thurgood represented this individual right. and the NAACP Legal Defense Fund uh, represented them, which was a you know interesting footnote, interesting note with it as well. I mean, they only when they did criminal defense work, it was only in these type innocents project cases that are pretty common these days, but, you know, at the time, um, you know, in the 30s and 40s, you know, really was pretty, pretty groundbreaking work and 
uh, pretty dangerous work, quite frankly. Yeah. And also, and also, you know, whenever people think about these you know, civil rights issues, it's always in the context of the South. And in this, con- in this case, you know, you're having it happen in the Northeast United States, which again, uh, you know, all the focus many times goes to the Southern U.S., but uh, you know, there was, you know, there were still things going on elsewhere in the country during this time period as well. Yeah, it's like watching an origin film for a historical mm-hmm. icon. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> and then it's also a preview for Black Panther, which will be released next February. So yeah. both of these actors will appear in Black Panther. And Chadwick Boseman is just the go-to guy to play a historical figure. Like this is his yeah. third icon he's managed to play in his and his career, which is crazy to me because he can pull all that off and still be Black Panther. That's, that's yeah, good. yeah. Well, this is talent, talent. Talent. I do have a theory though. Well, I, I have a I have a suspicion. I was rewatching this trailer before we started this call, and mm-hmm. I figured it out. I am pretty sure this movie was made a few years back. It's one of those movies that they shot, they produced, and then they put on the shelf. And it wasn't until all of this press came out. It wasn't until really Civil War dropped and then This Is Us Mm -hmm. came out, People vs. OJ, giving both of these two actors their name start to really skyrocket that they decided, oh, we can sell this because I still don't know, Will, it's to me and Patricia, you can you can tell me if I'm wrong or if you saw a similar thing. The way this movie is shot still makes me think TV movie, like not cinematic. It doesn't feel cinematic. It's still shot like a TV movie, which which sucks because it, it could be a really good story. I just wish it wasn't, it didn't feel so steady. You know, like you can tell the sets that it was shot on. But Patricia, what did you think about this trailer? Um, I think what really sold me on the movie, which is probably terrible, but the supporting actor that is his assistant that Josh he Gad. gets the mm-hmm. him. Josh Gad. Josh yeah. Gad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love him um, because he was in Beauty and the Beast as Gaston's little buddy. I can't remember his name, and I feel terrible about it. See, I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry to everybody. Um, But just seeing him again in the big screen really made me excited. because I just love the character that he plays. And it, the story sounds exciting. And it seems very powerful. And again, the the music that people have been, or that directors have been putting into trailers lately, I've been really attuned to it, I guess. And it just sounds really good. And it the music alone makes me want to watch the movie. Um let alone having great actors in it. Um, but yeah, that that's like the basis of my feelings towards it. I don't have I don't have anything else. That was that was it. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
I get I get your point, Sarah, about it having a very like uh, uh, made for TV yeah feel to it. Um, it, it. It does seem like you're right. I mean, it does seem that this was produced sometime before, and it it was like oh. We can, you know, we can dust this thing right. off and uh, we can get it out there. Um, or it was like, well, maybe we don't want to risk a theatrical run. Maybe we'll run it on like, you know, Netflix mm-hmm. or FXX or something like that, um, or even HBO, you know, or even you know, HBO mm-hmm. straight to cable kind of thing. Um, but you know, with that being said, uh, I I do agree with your note. Uh, in our in our in our run show here, that it definitely looks like it will be considered for an Oscar. Uh, I think you know, uh, given where the Academy is and some of their recent uh, uh, blind spots. <laughs> on, I mean, you have <laughs> all, all 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 these all racial issues and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they're probably like looking. They're probably, you know, some vote, you know, some people in the academy now are like, "Thank you," because you know, this is, I guess, be another year where you'll have a a, a, a film of substance like Hidden Figures, where you have a strong group of you know, cast of people of color that they can legitimately, you know, latch on versus say something like Black Panther, right? <laughs> where there's just an inherent like, you know. Yeah, the same thing happened with Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds. I mean, on its own merit, I mean, it should have gotten, it should have won an award, but because of the genre that it's in, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just kind of like, oh, it's just a comic book film. Um, and I think the same thing probably would happen to Black Panther. But you know, with this being about Thurgood Marshall and everything, you know, it, it will have better chances of getting some consideration. You really liked Deadpool that much. I did. Wow. I didn't. I see. I did, I'm not one of those. Like the movie's solid, but I didn't think it was Oscar worthy at all. I did. Yeah. I, actually, I, I, I did. Compared to some other stuff that gets considered, I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was legit tight. Like it should have gotten. Yeah. Have you seen no, Logan yet? Will. Have I seen what? Have I seen what? Oh, I was just gonna ask Sorry. if you if you've seen Logan yet. I have not. Okay, what? because I'm curious if you watch Logan, would you feel the same way? Because I put Logan, and I actually like Logan better than I like Deadpool, um, but it it's also like that darker tone and could mm-hmm. be eligible because of story wise. But go ahead. Well, I, I understand. Yeah, I understand that the. I think they are trying to. I was reading I think, this weekend where they're trying to make a big push to get it. That that uh, girl considered. should just get something for supporting actress. She like even beyond Hugh Jackman, she really sells that story um, with very little dialogue, and the, some yeah. of the dialogue she does have is in Spanish. But Patricia, I know you're trying to say something. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I agree with Will on Deadpool that it should have won awards, and I agree with you, Sarah, on Logan that it was a phenomenal movie. I absolutely loved it, and that little girl deserves like an Oscar right now 
just hand it over. She did such a good job. If uh, Millie Bobby Brown can get nominated for an enemy or an Emmy, that girl whose name I do not know should get nominated for an Oscar. Just <laughs> put it that way. Cold Spain Spain. And we're already talking about comic book movies, and I know this one will not get nominated for an Oscar, but I could not be more excited for Thor. And this is probably the first Thor movie that I actually am excited for. And it's the third one, guys. It's the third one. Yeah, well, third time, third time's a charm, right? I guess. I mean, if you just throw a Hulk in there, anything's possible. I'm I'm actually really excited for Hela as well. I, I know we always talk about Thor and Hulk immediately, but Kate Blanchett as Hela is such good casting. And I love the idea and the speculation I hear that Hela is actually going to tie into Thanos' storyline because in the books, he's in love with death. And part of the reason why he goes up against the Avengers is not only because of the Affinity Gauntlet, but also because he's trying to impress death. Um, And they're saying that she's going to play that part in this whole saga, which is great because that means... They've got another strong villain character, which the MCU is in desperate need of. And she will not die at the end of the movie because she is supposed to tie into the overarching plot. Great. Love it. I am sold. (laughs) (laughs) Patricia, what are your thoughts on Thor Ragnarok? So on Thor, um, I think it's going to be a lot of special effects. Um, that's evident by the trailer because there's lots of special effects going on. I don't think I'm going to go see it in theaters because just because it's going to be a lot of... like, Are they going to come out with it in 3D? Probably. They usually Probably. do. Yeah. And it's only yeah. 90 minutes. It's the shortest MC... Yeah, which is very good. So if you're worried about time... Yeah. It's only 90 minutes, so it's a really quick story. Yeah. And we, uh, yeah, I, know, I think Sarah and I talked about the, the retro feel when we saw the this tra- trailer debut at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely has that that, that vibe. Like, I even, even when we were making notes for tonight, I was like, I, I started, even though it was a, it was a terrible movie, but... Uh, felt like the plot about Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> terrible movie, very Flash Gordon feel though. Yeah. It's just yeah. it reminded me of a video game. I rewatched the trailer and I'm like, you know, this just feels like it was based off of a video game, not necessarily a comic yeah. book. Yeah. And and yeah. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's total, it's total brain candy. It's just like, just what I need, like, you know, in the early fall, just kind of, you know, summer's winding down, just need something just fun to go see. And this is what this, this is what it, it looks like. And I think they, you know, they ask the question, they figure Thor out. I think they have. Right. Because they are allowing Chris Hemsworth to be funny, to be like his kind of humor, the humor that that, somebody who looks like that, like like Chris Hemsworth can pull off a certain <laughs> kind of humor and he pulls it off. <laughs> Patricia knows yeah. what I'm talking about. I <laughs> do. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh 
Go ahead, Will. Save us. Save us. Uh, no, I was going to say, what isn't Donald, uh, what's his alias in the comics? Uh, Donald, uh, is he kind of like, he has this kind of same kind of humor and, uh, you know. Yeah, I can't. I think that's his actual is in the Marvel universe. I think I can't remember his last name, but that was Thor's alter ego, whatever he was at Thor and around. Wait, so on Earth, Thor was Donald. Yeah. Donald was Thor. Thor was Donald. Yes, I was can't his remember. Last name I, I, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but it did quack like him, but. Yeah, I, I I will have to, I'll have to do the the trusty 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 Google. In case anybody was wondering, that soundbite of Will just then <laughs> a no was was you got we just got a very good glimpse of Will being a dad. That's what that was. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, very spot on. See, See? <laughs> that was dad. Uh, hurt, hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Bringing the dad, bring bringing the dad uh, to the show. <laughs> yeah, I just it it seems like a dose of fun that MCU has been lacking for the last Donald, few years. You know. Yeah, Donald Donald Blake. That's who it is. Donald Blake. Yeah. Huh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from Donald. I mean, I think that's something that all up. It's we we got we got ourselves a Donald, we got ourselves some Hella, and just some wacky goofiness that I'm sure is going to set us up for Infinity War next year, which we're we're very excited about. And I like how you get this fun comic book movie and then only a few weeks later does the DCEU come out and like, well, you guys got your candy. Now, here we go to show you our version of the candy with Justice League. Ah, oh, guys, I'm still on the fence about this movie. <laughs> well, I was feeling better when I saw the second trailer. But then I know you linked. Uh, I know you sent us the uh, the very first trailer mm-hmm. uh, to look at again, and uh, yeah, I did that one back on the bed. So I'm like, you know, but it, it, I hope I hope this is not a situation where all the 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 production of the film is actually more interesting than the film itself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's you, you, yeah. you kind of want to go because you're like it's Zack Snyder, or you don't want to go because it's Zack Snyder. But you're like, but Joss Whedon had a part in this too, and so he could have saved right. the day. And is that a good thing that we should be praising, or is that kind of sad considering how big of a property this is? Like, why do yeah. we need directors coming in to save the day? This should be really simple to do. The MCU has been doing it for years. So, especially when they just pulled off Civil War, which is even more characters. But, I, you know, it goes beyond the director situation, Will, for me. I'm not sold on any of the other characters but Wonder Woman. I'm not entirely sold on it. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Aquaman too. But Aquaman is in a league of his own, pun intended. Your turn, Will. <laughs> <laughs> 
see, I don't like Aquaman. I yeah, I, mean, I know he's all beefcake and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I know from an eye candy standpoint, yes, get it, got it. yeah, get it. Okay, move to the next point. Um, wow. Yeah, I, it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let him finish before I come back with a statement. <laughs> Continue, no, sir. No, 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 no. I I I wasn't meaning it towards you all. It's just it was more for me. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, you know, I, I actually like Ben Affleck as Batman. I know I'm in a minority. Um, but, again, uh, I just... If they did the reshoots to, like, make Wonder Woman the focal point of the film, then I think it'll... Then we'll be okay. Mm. If, if it's... Um, if it's... You know, other characters, well, yeah, then our apprehension was correct. Yeah. That's all I have to, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, Patricia, what about you? I just feel like we've watched the entire movie in the trailer. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, it makes you feel very skeptical about, well, what else are we missing? Because I feel like we've seen bits of every single scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like they put in all of the cool, like, the wow factor scenes are all in the trailer that they just created. Oh, I hope not. I hope not, because this is Batman v Superman all over again. I am excited that they have a Flash, even though it's not the same Flash um, that we're, you know, religiously watching on the CW. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting to see a different version of the Flash hit the big screens and see how they... It looks really cool. Like, all the special effects look really cool. I get it. Yeah. Even uh, Cyber- Cyborg? Are you sold on Cyborg and his special effects? No, he just reminds me of <laughs> Iron Man. Yeah. You know. Well, I think Cyborg, yeah. It's just like, I, I think the Teen Titans on Dark Knight Network. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, or even Teen Titans Go, which is, like, even worse. But... <laughs> Uh, version of Cyborg, uh, just annoying, but I don't know, it's just, I, I mean, I, I'm a DC guy, admittedly, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I, I just, as I said earlier, yeah, either if they, if they, if with the reshoots and, you know, probably change of, of editing that, you know, they probably have done, if they make Wonder Woman the focal point, they were in good shape. If not, then, I hope we prove it wrong. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Who's making more money in November, Justice League or Thor? Ooh. I'm going to predict Thor. Wow. I might have to go Thor. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I thought you were both going to say Justice League, and I kind of think uh, Justice League will make more money, but... I think Justice League will have a strong opening week, mm-hmm. but then it'll but it'll it'll be like Batman v Superman. It'll, it'll die off. Whereas I think Thor has. It looks like it may have, surprisingly enough, uh, and I'm saying this, but it actually looks like it has some staying power. It's gonna be like Guardians of the Galaxy staying power. Yeah. Like if it's as good as yeah. it's telling us it is, it kids will love that freaking movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they'll, they'll be all for Thor. 
So that... Well, because I think it's a thing, too. It's just Thor just seems very light, whereas Justice League just seems so dark and heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, there are no protectors. There are no lanterns. So, of course it's dark. I mean, you you physically need a lantern to light it up. (laughs) Yes, and dark as night. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna laugh at my own jokes. You guys don't have to. That's cool. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there you. with you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I I'm inter- I like the articles that are coming out that are talking about lanterns appearing, and if not one, maybe a few more. But it sounds to me, and will correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like they could be just be in the post credit scenes which then kind of leads into a spoiler that the movie trailer definitely then gives away about who it is yeah yeah, we you know we talked about this at length that this our san diego show Mm -hmm. and we thought that you know i think we both agree that it's more likely than not green lantern oh i I thought it was superman that's right you thought it was superman i was in the camp i was in the lantern camp that's right Okay, are you still in Lantern camp? Because I'm still in the Superman camp. I'm still in a, I'm still in the Green Lantern camp. The only question is, is it John Stewart or Hal Jordan or Guy Gardner? That is not, sir. Yeah. That is not the only question. The only question is, what does Patricia think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Break the tie. Break the tie. Uh, what do you mean, camp? I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Patricia. So, so there's a clip in that trailer where um, Alfred is confronted by someone saying, oh, thank God you're here. Who do you think he is talking to? Uh, Robin? They are, <laughs> I will say, I will say this. They are making a, um, a night, night wing. Oh my god, yep. am I saying that right? Yeah, you're saying that correctly. Nightwing, yes, they Nightwing. yes. Yep. they are making yep. a Nightwing. Yes, so it won't be Robin, but it could be Nightwing. So, so there we have it. All three possibilities. Thank you. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, and we may may have talked about Thor before, and we may have talked about Justice League, but we have certainly not talked about the movie that I'm starting to really get excited for. It's going to come out December 8th, but The Disaster Artist, which is about the behind-the-scenes making of potentially the worst movie ever in film history called The Room, which I've never seen. Have either of you seen The Room? No. I have not. No. No. But I, I, but unlike uh, The Kingsman, I, I, this one does make me want to go actually watch The Room. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I read about it and doing research for the show tonight. I was like, oh, I gotta see this. I think it's on Netflix. So I'm like, I gotta check this out. Apparently, this these two guys still make money because they go around to film festivals showing the room, and it. I mean, before we were talking about Blade Runner in terms of cult classic, The Room really is a cult classic because it did not make any money, and yet it is really famous because of how bad it really is, which is fascinating. Yeah, I think I saw. 
And then I think I saw on Wikipedia or something, it had like a six or seven million dollar budget, and only like gross like fifteen hundred or something like that. Sheet. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, and and then it it gets you interested because you're the the trailer does it so well because you start to see the behind the scenes and the cuts and the bad the bad acting, and you're just like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then if you find like I know after I saw the trailer for the first time, I started looking up clips of the room and I'm like, is James Franco like killing that performance or is he just yeah. doing a bad rendition of it? And no, it's it is uncanny how how much he has transformed himself into this character. It's crazy. Um, but Patricia, are you as excited as I am about the disaster artist? No. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for okay. Patricia. That's, that's cool. Like, okay. Then what? Why didn't this trailer sell you? It's not my type of film. I, I don't know. I, I like the fact that both Franco brothers are together in one film. I think that's really neat. Um, but other than that, I'm not about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to also mention Alison Brie is in it um, and she's married to Dave Franco in real life and it kind of looks like she's playing a character where the main guy is attracted to her which I that is all kind of weirdness to me like how do you pull that off but that's just me I don't know yeah uh, well apparently I think in the with the real characters I believe they, there was an adulterous relationship between the lead guy and, and the other guy's fiance or something like that, or, or wife, future wife. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to, yeah, you know, I just, like I said, when I saw the trailer, I immediately, like, started, like, trying to find out more about this film, The Room, and I, it's definitely one that I would. Look like to see. We'll want to see before actually seeing the film. Yeah, yeah, and it's also based off of a book that um, Dave, who I, I think his name is, I don't know the real life characters' names, um, yeah. but the the um, person that Dave Franco portrays wrote a book, and that's what the script mm-hmm. is based off of. Um, yeah. so I, I just, I'm always geeking out about behind the scenes stuff. So the fact that they're telling a fictional story of something that did happen and it just feels it, it, I don't know. I love the way they're selling this kind of like American dream story that is yeah. unbelievable, but it did happen. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. Crazy. I'm there with you. Uh, Patricia has left the building already. She, she hates yes. us. She has. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, I picked yeah. out all the trailers that are not movies that Patricia likes at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny while I was watching the trailers for the movies that we were doing. Um, there was lots of other trailers that popped up, but I was like, "Ooh, ooh." ooh. <laughs> all right, you have, you got you have to send you, you'll have to send us submissions next time. Then. Okay. Yeah. I will. This is an editable Google Doc. We're very professional. (laughs) (laughs) So so then I take it, Patricia, you're not excited about Star Wars, The Last Jedi. That's just because I haven't 
seen the other one, Rogue One. I didn't understand well, the trailer at all. Well, this one actually follows The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Rogue One actually predated in the Star Wars timeline. Rogue One is before uh, A New Hope, which was the first one with Han, Luke, and Leia. Yeah. So, so you don't have to see Rogue One at all to be excited about Last Jedi or know what's going on in Last Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. then I haven't seen the Star Wars movies in a long time because I. I don't understand what's happening. So did you see Force Awakens? So did you see Force Awakens with Ray and Kylo Ren? Finn. Finn. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Will. I love how you said that. With Ray and then long pause. Kylo. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> Ray is that other guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was apparently a. Well, Patricia. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I'm, th- I'm throwing you a lifeline. Help me out here. Help me out. <laughs> it's so, it's but, okay uh, if you're not excited for the Star Wars movie. Yeah. I'm probably like one out of like, you know, like I don't know people. 0.9% of <laughs> out of 100 <laughs> that is like, eh, about it. Remember, I'm the guy who didn't finish Harry Potter, so you're, you know, we're. We're even now. <laughs> so <don't... laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about this yeah. because I don't actually yeah. think we've talked about Star Wars together. You know, we have, we haven't. I mean, we've touched, we've touched on the drama of all the stuff that's been going on uh-huh. with Star Wars. But actually, the film itself, we have not. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm I'm excited to see Rain Johnson's take on this franchise and to bring it back. Hopefully, he does not give us The Empire Strikes Back. And from what I hear, it sounds like it's not going to be a rehash. Thank God. Thank goodness, yes. And I'm also very curious about this movie because when I was preparing the notes, I kept thinking, wait a second, they've only released one trailer? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. It's the end of September. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, actually, I think I even like posted on our, on our Twitter page and, and Facebook page, just like, I think I read an article where it was a question actually posed, should there be another Last Jedi trailer. Yeah. And I got the th- I got the thing thinking about that, and um, yeah, they need to give us some more. Yeah. See, and this is like one of the only times you'll ever hear me say that. Like, I need another trailer because yeah. usually my cutoff point is with the second trailer because that first trailer you just get a it's like a montage, a lot of cuts, right. a lot of good dialogue, and that's about it. That second trailer prepares you more for the story. And right now, all we have to go on is Luke's last line in the first trailer about the the Jedi can't exist anymore. I don't know exactly what he says, but he says something along yeah, the line. And I think, I want to say I read somewhere Mark Hamill actually, like, confirms that, you know, Luke is, like, the last Jedi. Makes sense. Yeah. Well... It, it doesn't make sense if you consider Rey to be a Jedi, like, and how is that qualifier? Because she is Force-sensitive, so 
It doesn't make sense if you consider Rey, but yeah, it makes sense that he would technically be the last Jedi because he went to school and crap. Yeah. 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 He spent, you know, he spent, he spent a hot minute in a hot swamp in the the swamp of Dagobah. (laughs) I have to say, I liked the trailer. It was very intriguing. Like, if I followed the storyline, I think I would understand it more. And I like how they didn't give away a lot of things. Like it was very subtle and quiet. No. I I yeah, like well, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 get the nuclear codes before we get like any kind of spoiler from a Star Wars film. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, you know, it's the secrecy spider network facts. Hopefully took the the Justice League trailer and totally swap styles like Justice League trailer gave you everything but certain pieces, whereas this one gives you hardly anything, and well, now you want more. All it gives you is it, it continues what we what we were already prepared for. I, Force Awakens spoiler alert, ends with Rey encountering Luke, and so you know that's where this next chapter will begin, and that's all they really show you. They show you small clips of all of the other characters, but no details. And really, outside of Ray and Luke, that's where we're like, well, what's going to happen? Because how yeah. are all, what are all of these other characters who, in my opinion, di- they didn't really get a lot of, they weren't very well fleshed out in The Force Awakens. So I'm really curious about their journeys, not so much about Ray. I feel like she's on her own trajectory, so they're they're really holding back and and I like it at the same time because the more in the dark I am going into the theaters for this movie, the more I know I'll enjoy it and not just yeah. nitpick. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right. Yeah, totally there with you. Totally there with right. you. Right. Um, so so Will, do you, do you have a theory about Ray at all and her lineage and how she's connected to this? universe um you know i i did after force awakens but as as, as time has passed i i could really care less right <laughs> uh you know i know a lot of i know uh, johnson like blew up a lot of people's theories as far as uh ray's lineage uh a few months oh, i guess about a month ago um and so from that point i'm just kind of like you know I, I just I want to be I want to be surprised and and I think they're going you know and everyone you know thinks she has some Skywalker heritage but I, I'm 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 actually hoping that she she's a, a new one. I am I'm on the Obi Wan train for this mm-hmm. biological connection. I was on the Luke train, yeah. and then I've over the summer, I've, I've heard some pretty convincing theories that it's actually Obi-Wan, and it makes even more sense because Kylo is a part of the Skywalker lineage. So mm-hmm. then you have that full circle idea of how in the, in the originals or in the prequels, it was Obi-Wan versus Darth and that yeah. whole conflict and now you have it playing out again um and just coming full just, circle yeah. and i love that yeah i like that i mean i will be i will be satisfied to some degree on that but on the other hand as story-wise and conflict-wise it makes total sense to have that 
you know, the next generation still having this epic, you know, showdown between in, 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 in the force. Um, but, you know, but at the same time, it would be nice to just story wise, just, just to shake it up a little bit. But I know Lucasfilms has a very, as we know with all the drama, which we'll get to in a little bit, as far as real world. They have a set way of doing things, and so I think your theory is correct. I think it'd be funny if she was Yoda's kid. <laughs> oh, we Somehow. take Star Wars seriously, Patricia. Oh, How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. He is yeah. not green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm also I'm also sort of one of those people who are just like, oh, Kylo and Ray are gonna fall in love, <laughs> and that's how this whole story ends. Uh, oh God, you should have. You that you went there. Because you were you were just talking about you know shake up the storyline and make it fresh yeah. and different. Well, that did not happen in the original. <laughs> so, no, <it> there <laughs> was some connections, but not that way. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. anything is possible. But I did. But, I'm also that viewer who during the Force Awakens. That, that point when Ray and Kylo are facing off and he talks about how I can train you, I immediately was like, say yes, because that <laughs> would have saved the movie for me. I, I still, there was just this moment that I thought it was possible for them to do something that I had, I would have been surprised. And I thought it would have been interesting because no. Ray's, Ray's still trying to find her place. And so... That's how the dark side usually gets its people is because they're they're the collector of the lost souls of people who need belonging and uh, want to feel a part yeah, but, of something. Yeah, but Luke was the Jedi. I mean, he was the person. I guess I can't remember the, the term to call it, but you know, he actually can utilize elements of the dark side in his Jedi. Um, you know, utilization of the force. I mean, because he, he did use anger and stuff in a destructive way to, to basically defeat Darth Vader and, and return the Jedi. Yeah. No, fair point. Um, and, and we did see how Rey was able to harness her grief over Han in that fight scene and, and use it as a strength as opposed to a weakness because we also yeah. saw the reverse. But it's just... I don't know. There was something about that moment where I'm just like, yeah, say yes. <laughs> say yes. <laughs> well, I, but to get to your earlier point, though, I, I'm really hopeful that it's not just a rehash of or a repackaging of Empire Strikes Back because that was so woefully done in another franchise that I love dearly, which is Star Trek, with uh, uh, into darkness, where it was just a bad retelling of the Rathacon, and yeah, I hope they don't do this with with uh, with the Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So to wrap up December, the last trailer that we are going to talk about tonight is Downsizing, December twenty second. Go ahead, Patricia. <laughs> This is the movie that I'm most excited about, I think. Um, Why? Off of her list. Just because it's such an interesting concept. 
I, I just I, like before the the trailer played out, I was like, oh, what is this going to be about? It's like something I've never thought about in my entire life of how to save the planet to downsize people and make a miniature. Like that's. <laughs> I will say it was. I, I, I agree with you, Patricia. It was a very fresh concept as far as that, uh, and some of the things we've seen come out recently. Given that we're reboot crazy these days. Yeah, that, and I love Matt Damon. So, I mean, brand new idea, Matt Damon squished into one thing. It's awesome. Like the part where he's like carrying the one rose down the hallway, and it's like, yeah. I thought that was so cute. <laughs> it just seems like it's cute and fun. It's different. And it's going to be emotional. It's going to have all the feels. It's going to have good feelings. It's going to have sad feelings, bad feelings, angry feelings. It's going to be a, a feel-everything movie. Feel-everything movie. They're going to put that on the box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to submit that. This movie gives me... This movie gives me the feels. This movie gives me the feels. <laughs> Hashtag the feels. So. Hashtag the feels. That's our. That's yeah. That should be the uh, advertising line. Hashtag feels. I just. I guess I just hope it's not too misleading then, because I have also heard that this movie, the concept is a lot darker than what is portrayed in the trailers. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could I could see that. I could totally totally see that. And that's kind of when I when I saw your note about that, uh, it, 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 I, I agreed with that. Then I bet you it, it's going to throw us through a loop and you know be as kind of soiling green, dark, dystopian film. Like the lobster from just recently. They they sold that as like a romantic comedy that was really unique and that movie's dark. It it went somewhere. It scarred me. Um, so I hope Patricia that you get all of your feels, but not you get more good feels than bad feels. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting enough to where if it does go really dark or something happens, I'll be okay with it because it's such a new concept to me and my brain that it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, and so after downsizing, we're just going to wrap up the show on one final Star Wars note to just carry us into, um, into this week. So to go back, Will, you're mentioning yeah. how we don't want it to be another rehash. We've, we have The Force Awakens. It revitalized the franchise. And it also was a rehash of um, A New Hope. And now we come to find out that they have a, Colin Trevorrow. I can never pronounce his name. He has abandoned ship, like a lot of other directors do these days. And J.J. Abrams will actually direct episode nine. I don't know how I feel about this. Will. Uh, flare, the, the flare lens in our back. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you're very charitable when you said he was uh, in a bandit ship. I think they, they basically tossed him overboard because he just wasn't playing nice in his sandbox. But, 
Um, yeah, it's like the DCEU directors abandon ship, and then the Star Wars directors get fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just straight up get fired. Yeah, and for Zach, the DC was, you know, that was just a family tragedy. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything that was creative differences. I mean, what the hell is his own project? But, you know, well, I guess he and Jeff Johns should have had a falling out, but that, but I digress. Um, this. I mean, this is the second time in the Star Wars, in the Lucasfilm Star Wars universe, where in, the, in as many months we've had change changes in directors, um, because, quite frankly, you know, as you said earlier, I mean, there is a little box that you have to stay in in this universe, and if you shake up that box, then you will get bounced. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy is not afraid to say, this is Star Wars, this is the vision, if you don't fall in sync, then we can find somebody else to do the job, um, yep. which is good and bad, because I I don't blame her. I think if you're trying to do a universe and sell a brand, then the stories have to link, the stories can't yeah. can't just be... Especially the episodes, because we're not talking about a standalone film like Han Solo. Right. We're talking about right. the, the final chapter in this trilogy. And so it needs to come full circle. It needs to resolve everything that's been set, off and set up and paid off. And that is a continuation of story that's been set up by two other directors. So if you're not going to close up what they've done, then they really can find somebody else to do that job. So yeah. it's just, though, that in as much as J.J. Abrams was a part of the rejuvenation of this brand, I don't know if in light of all of the reactions to A Force Awakens, he was the best choice. Because um, I, he, he's like the safe choice. And I also award points for danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Risk, I shall say. Yeah, he's definitely the safe choice. Um, yeah, yeah, I think um, when this all went down, you know, folks were, yeah, I think, you know, you had a few folks who were, I don't know if they were joking or not, they'd bring back George Lucas, which would definitely not be the best thing to do. No. So, uh, so from, from, from this, from that standpoint, where you know you had one extreme of bringing George back to finish up the, the you know episode nine, versus the other extreme of of a known person of JJ who did you know he did do a very good job of not only revitalizing this franchise but in some ways he did the same with the Star Trek universe as well with uh, the the first Star Trek with Chris Pine, um, and and Zach Quinto as far as that universe, and of course, it's kind of petered off again, too. But um, I, I'm okay with JJ being back, actually. Um, I just, you know, I think he, to your point, I think he might, hopefully, he's learned some things from Force Awakens as far as doing a complete carbon copy mm-hmm. right. of, of storytelling. And also, I think the other factor in this that is very tragic that he's, he's going to have to deal with is. How to appropriately handle uh, Carrie Fisher's death? Yes, yes, that's a that's a good point because 
they were prepared for her to be in multiple movies from what I understand. Yeah. And so um, that unfortunate circumstance not only changed potentially the outcome of the last Jedi, but also of how this trilogy will wrapped up in episode nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he can't, he, I wonder what that's going to do to the box office. Will like in terms of last Jedi, this is the last time you're going to see Carrie Fisher in that role on the big screen. That's yeah, crazy. It, it's crazy. Uh, obviously you're, I mean, it was already it was the film was already going to do well anyway because it's, it's Star Wars. So, but the fact that it is her last performance, uh, I don't think she has. It, I don't think she was in the process of doing anything else. Well, it's not only her last performance, but not a lot of actors or actresses. Their last role is also the role that made them an icon, and the character yeah, yeah. that itself is an iconic character. Right, and they have pretty much made it clear they're not going to digitally recreate her or anything like that in uh, episode nine. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so you know it'll be interesting to see how they handle you know what will will they did they do any tweaks to the story to you know and photography you know as far as her passing Eric Andressa here or will it just you know Something happening, you know, well, or will it just be have to be addressed in episode nine, just cold, as far as her her not being available for you know due to her passing. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it. You know. I just. It. Yeah. It, it. It's going to definitely impact the, the box office. You know more. Just you know. Just by that that by the point after her passing. People will want to see it just to see her last performance as Princess General Leia. Right. Yeah. I mean. Uh, uh, and. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, a lot of people point out that Heath Ledger, his passing before The Dark Knight led to that blockbuster. Um, and, and that wasn't even on the same level that uh, The Force Awakens no. was. I mean, yeah. at initial box office. But. All these factors, all these changes that it, it goes back to what we're saying about the disaster off um, artist is that sometimes what happens behind beyond, behind the scenes is much more fascinating than the story that is portrayed on camera. Yeah. Yeah. So. Patricia, Patricia, any? I know you're not a big uh, fan of the franchise, but any, any thoughts? No, I I agree with you guys with um, Carrie Fisher's passing. It's gonna make a big difference in in how people are gonna view or if they're gonna go see it or not go see it. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point yeah. to bring up is how are they gonna handle her death? And I'm glad that they're not gonna digitally remake her. I think that would just I guess I'd be no. disrespectful to her and her character yeah. and her role. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert: they, you know, made her young, made it, you know, they did it with Rogue One, as far as this obviously was before passing, but it was just for story notes. But, uh, um, 
but yeah, this is a totally different, totally different context. It, it, it's not like Peter Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was crazy. Any yeah. final thoughts on the fall movie season? Um, just like I said earlier, hopefully, uh, I mean, I think it's a pretty strong slate of fall films, and I mean, we'll love to hear from our from our listeners any films that they are uh, interested in seeing that we didn't cover tonight. Yeah, including Patricia's. And- Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I'll come up with a list and post it on Twitter. (laughs) And where can um, listeners find that list on Twitter? You can find it at PRMiller20. That's P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-2-0 at... Not at... (laughs) Do the at at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's at W I L L M P O L K. And you can find me on Twitter, S J Belmont, S J B E L M O N T. Do the ad at the beginning. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And we are also featured on the CastBox Android app. So go listen, geek out, good night. You're all welcome. <laughs>